So I, I really got to stop that. Helpful. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Are they up in the cloud or something? I was gonna say I should write them on the cloud yeah. or something like that. Stop. Get 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 very. I, I gotta get very twenty first century. I still now. don't understand the cloud, but <laughs> some stuff's up there. Some stuff isn't. Nobody understands the cloud. Where is it? I'm I'm also really curious what she's staring at. I People. Think there's someone barbecuing. Oh, nice. Is there another barbecue down there? Yep. Yeah. So I think that's. She's like meats. She's looking for meat. Ah, uh, she wants food. Well, I see. Feed me. Right. I did give her dinner before we came, but. Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 184 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie loving podcast on my movie loving website, thematinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. I do hope that, dear listener, that you permit the slight echo that's uh, going to permeate this episode. We're in unfamiliar digs here in Casa del McNeil uh, while we uh, recover from a little bit of maintenance issues. Um, but that's okay, because along with the Echo, we have a, we have a really great guest for you today. Uh, we have somebody who I first came across, I guess like two years ago now? I think maybe yeah. almost. Yeah, two, two, three, three. Two, two or three yeah. summers back, um, who, I was, I was like, where did this person come from and how had we never met before? And she has become- was in London. <laughs> I, 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 that, that's what it was. I, you know, it just, just showed up. That's right. Um, and uh, has become one of my dearest friends here on the local scene. Um, she writes all over the place, but uh, certainly mostly at liveforfilms.com. She has brought her guest Lola with her again. And Lola didn't make any noise last time that she audited our show. So I'm kind of hoping that she makes her presence known. There's no guarantees this time because mm-hmm. you can see other people. Yeah. Hillary Butler's here. How are you, Hillary Butler? I'm okay. It's, it's, it was a day off. It was, was gonna, nice. Did you keep warm today? Because it's like it's it got cold, cold really fast. You know, it was, I was cold. sweating. There's pumpkin spice lattes being like already. Yeah. Oh man. They released them early. Wow. Yeah. Like that, that's. You know fall when. I was gonna say that, that's incredibly <laughs> early, <laughs> it's isn't too it? Early. I'm not ready. Oh yeah, no, me neither. We're all a buzz right now because uh, you know, show note right off the top of the show, Tiff is very, very big in the horizon. It grows bigger and bigger every day, closer and closer in that uh, rear view mirror. Um, it's running from September 7th to 17th in our hometown here of Toronto, Canada. We are both going. Super excited. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, how many films are you planning to see? Well, so far I just have picked nine, but if I get everything I want, I'll be up to 19. Oh, wow. Very nice. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Very yeah. nice. Um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing a smaller schedule again because we're going to travel in October. So I'm right now I'm locked in for 11, counting a um, counting a Cinematech screening. I think I'll probably get 13 or 14 before it's all said and done. Um, you know, down from years when Still I did. Still a like, very reasonable schedule. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm going to work, right? So that, that's the crazy yeah, this is my thing. vacation. Yeah, no, I, I, I used to take it off. This year we're taking time off to travel. But uh, both of us will be covering it. So um, you'll see all kinds of uh, tweets and posts and Lots reactions uh, from us in the weeks ahead. And um, the matinee cast, of course, we try to get some audio postcards in for you. Hillary might join us again this year. You joined us last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, do some of these little on-the-spot uh, posts I call Maybe for unicorn stars. Like, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna yeah. So you know, <laughs> if, you, if you don't get enough of Hillary on this show, then uh, check out uh, our our post about unicorn store <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, I call them Wicked Little Town, and they will drop sporadically. Um, I usually get two or three of them in between September seventh and seventeenth, and of course there'll be all kinds of writing. But before any of that, we have a show to do. On episode one hundred eighty four, we'll be discussing Wind River. We'll be turning the record over to play a few other sides but first we need to learn more about Hillary this is know your enemy
So Miss Butler first appeared on episode 146 where we talked about Room. We learned that the first film she'd ever seen in a theater was The Smurfs and the Magic Flute. Oh my god, how do you remember? Like, don't write it, these things down. It's recorded. <laughs> I can listen back to it. For I don't remember. I don't remember. I go, I go into the old episode and I play it again. Yes. The last film she'd seen at the time was Suffragette. The worst film she'd ever seen was Passion, the Brian De Palma oh, film. Still the, bad. I know. Still bad. The unseen classic or essential was The Silence of the Lambs. Did you ever? Still haven't seen it. Okay. Too scary. And the film that she wished she'd made, she wanted to hang out with Matt Damon on Mars and make The Martian. So and then I got a selfie with him last year at I know. So, like, I'm going to have to embed achieved. Yeah, I'm going to have to embed that in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the show notes for this show. So it's time for round two. Hillary, what is a film that you like that nobody else does? So I won't say no one else. Likes Seemingly this film, nobody else. But a lot of people I know don't like Cloud Atlas, and I loved Cloud Atlas. Now, maybe reading the book was helpful okay. because I could see how it would be super confusing if you had not read the book. Interesting. And, and I loved the book. Okay. And I loved the movie. Huh. So I'm with you. First of all, I love that movie to death. I actually, might, I might watch that later on because it's been a long <laughs> time since I've seen that movie. Um, but where I'm, where I actually disagree is I've also read, I read the book after I saw the movie because mm-hmm. of course I did. Um, and I thought to myself that if I hadn't seen the movie, I might've been really confused. Um, the, the, the book of course follows a different pattern for those who haven't read the book. It follows a different pattern. The book is kind of a pendulum swing. It mm-hmm. starts old then goes to like more modern more modern more modern until we're on that korean timeline and then it swings back out to old so you don't necessarily see the same threads that you do in the movie where it's crisscrossing everything um and but like you've been talking to people and they don't like that movie a lot of people like so i remember seeing it at tiff actually when I was here because I remember I was in like the second row and which was quite bad for the spectacle of Cloud Atlas yeah um but like just hearing people walk out because I was there by myself and they were all like that was awful like what a horrible movie and then since then like some of my critic twitter colleagues have just been like really hating on this movie and I don't understand yeah I I don't I don't get it like I mean it kind of seems like it's the lot in life for the Wachowskis. You know, they they made The Matrix, and then everything mm-hmm. they've made since people have just hated. And you know, I think with the exception of maybe Sense Eight, people mm-hmm. kind of sort of like the first season of Sense Eight. Yep. Well, they're definitely upset now that it's now that it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I, I like that movie a lot, and I, I, it's. But I, I was. I think we might have been at the same screening, but that was before I met Possibly, you. Yeah. And um, I remember a lot of people, like a lot of the people who, like friends of ours who've been on this show, really didn't like that movie. Yeah. Others really loved it, but um, no, okay, that that, that is. It's got Tom Hanks, so I like. Well, but I mean, I think a lot of people get. I think a lot of people get caught up in all of the. All the makeup and all the cross characters and all of the Tom Hanks playing a limey and you know and, and, and Hugo Weaving. I know, I know. I'm fine with all of it because it serves its purpose. Yeah, but I, absolutely. But I, I, yeah, that's weird. Um, okay, conversely, what's a film that seemingly everybody else likes that you don't? So this is a movie that has like an 85% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I just I walked out and I was like, I hate this movie so much. <laughs> Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, so many people I know hate that movie. Oh, I just couldn't do it. And the composer of the music in it, her name's Micah, and I can't remember her last name, um, 
also did the music for Jackie, mm -hmm. but it was kind of like she used the leftovers from Under the Skin and Jackie. And so conversely, I also didn't care for Jackie as much as uh, I should have. Okay, okay. It put me off that uh, much. Were you, were you at the tip <laughs> screening for Under the Skin as I well? I was. Oh, man. And the guy beside me at the time was like, what was that? I'm like, I'm with you, dude. I, <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> um, yeah, again, that's another movie that I know a lot of people hate. It's but it, it's got 85%? It does. Wow. That's that's crazy. I, I mean... I like that movie, but I watched it the one time and I'm done with it. Um, it's uh, the, the book. That book is incredible too. Um, that book, actually, you might like that book better if you if you Possibly. gave it a shot. Probably. I didn't even know it was a book. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's based on the book. Like, really goes into much more depth than the movie does. Like that movie just kind of skips along the surface. Um, I will say it left me feeling very unsettled. So it it wasn't that it didn't affect me. It did. I left feeling like creeped out and just very. But I mean, edge. that's that, that's a part of it too, right? Like, you, like I, I, there's a lot of movies where I've said, I'm like, I'm left with a really gross feeling. Like, I can, I can respect its craft, mm -hmm. but I, I don't I like do. feeling this way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's. But again, that that's one I know a lot of people. Again, people who we're friends with and who have been on the show love and will just go to the mat for. And you just you, do it. no no, no. <laughs> uh, you got, you get, like I mean do, do you have a thing against Scarlett Johansson? No, not at all. I quite like her actually. Oh. I quite like her. I have no issues with uh, with Scarlett. Nothing Johansson. against the Johansson. No, I do want to see. Is I, I want to say it's Brian Glazier is the director of that movie. He also did Birth. I, I think so. Yeah. Did you ever see Birth? It's. It seems from, that was the Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Like, yes, I did see it. I don't really recall a lot of it. Okay. But hmm. yes, uh, I did see it. Maybe it, I'm curious. I'm curious to see it. Uh, what is a film that made you cry? <laughs> so I had to think about this because when I go to the movies, I very often go by myself, and so I try my damnedest not to cry in movies because um, I find it very uncomfortable. Um, I did shed a couple tears in The Big Sick. But when I'm home, it's no hold barred. So like the last movie that I actually flipped on the television and saw was Age of Adeline, which I loved, again. Okay. A movie that a lot of people didn't care for, but I really liked. Right. But there's a part where she has to put her dog down. Right. Being a veterinarian, that is just like, that's very sad for me. But the part that's awful is, because spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, she lives forever. Yeah. And she has this album of all her dogs that she's put down, and she puts the post, like the picture of this dog in the album, and I'm just like, you every just time. lost it. Yeah. Um, every time. And it was on like last week, and I always, whenever I turn it on, it's that part. <laughs> like, thanks. Um, it, it's it's kind of funny because that's a movie I didn't see it. Like I, I saw it when it hit like on demand, basically, and it's kind of become one of those um, romance movies that I will find myself sitting and watching a lot of. Um, there's a moment that she just like makes my heart leap because her boyfriend asks if she knows who Ted William is, Ted Williams is, and she like quotes his batting average. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like lively, like, you know, like easy now, you know, I was like, and I, 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 I'm a sucker for that movie. I almost hate to admit it, but I'll, I've lost like parses of half hour blocks because I was watching Age of Adeline. Yeah. Um, well, and I find Blake Lively like mesmerizing. 
I don't know if I find her. I find her interesting for sure. Like whenever she's in a movie, I, I find that she does. She usually does well. Um, she was in that uh, that shark movie, wasn't it? She was in um, yes, the shallows. The shallows, yeah. Like I mean, I, I, and I loved her in that. And that's she's on her own in that movie. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but um, it, so, but is that a thing? So like, anytime dogs are in peril, you're in a movie. Yeah, but there's a website. Like, does the dog does the dog die? die? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, you know, Lindsay is, is all over that one. She <laughs> has paused movies and called up that. Yeah, I can't deal with it. I haven't seen John Wick only because I know that. Yeah, I, I like warned somebody off of John Wick. Yeah, because of that. But also, I, I feel like I feel like I would enjoy the movie because he basically just. I mean, if you just yeah, I was gonna say if you were just his dog. yeah, skip <laughs> so. past the first act and just yeah. know that you don't have to see that. Just know that you'd probably be okay with the rest. Yeah, okay, Age of Adeline. I think I need, I need to go watch Age of Adeline now. I think I need to show my niece that movie. Uh, I, I feel like this was one of you. You alluded to hard questions. I, I feel like this might have been a hard question in the movie of your life. Who plays you? <laughs> According to BuzzFeed, um, and you do an online quiz. Oh. it's Emma Stone. Really? I wouldn't hate. Okay. No physical resemblance at all. But she can sing, Mm -hmm. which is an important part of my life as well, because I do vocal stuff. Um, So I'm okay with that. I don't know. I had a hard time picking this. I mean, she's got an Oscar, you know. She's she's got attitude. I, I I feel like I could talk baseball with her. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Now I'm projecting. Um, yeah. yeah I'm, like, I mean, it's, it's... I used to get called Christina in high school because a couple of people thought I looked like Christina Ricci. Uh, you know, like, you, you say that and I can sort of see it. It's the but forehead. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I remember Christina Ricci, I remember, like, she had eyes the size of dinner plates. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the forehead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this I is guess the, maybe maybe I threw off like an Adams family vibe in high school. I don't know. Were, were you goth? Like, no, did you wear a lot of black? Totally not. Were you My really were you darker. really morose? Did you like wear like the pale makeup? No. 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 I don't know what it was. Um, no, I, two I, people I, called me like Christina. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Emma Stone. I'm gonna say like Emma Stone <laughs> or Christina Ricci. Uh, I, I think I, I would love to see a buddy movie with those two actors. Really, I, th- I think that that could be could good. Work. Like a road trip movie or something. Yeah. You know. Zombieland Part Two or something, where where Christina Ricci plays like another person to go along with her. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I can see it. All right. If it was another five years, I'd say just give me Tina Fey and I'd be happy. <laughs> uh, and finally, what uh, what are you watching next? Um, well, I just found out actually that they added Personal Shopper to Netflix, so I might actually go home and watch that. <laughs> so I haven't seen it. Do you though? Do you like the the Aseas? Do you like Kristen Stewart? What, like, what's what's the draw on that one for you? Is uh, actually growing on me. Yeah, well, I mean, she's doing this very interesting second act to her career, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't think anybody really anticipated that this is where she was going to go with things once those Twilight movies ended. Oh, those Twilight movies. Well, you know what? I saw the first one, and then I've seen, like, random little glimmers of the movies that followed. I'm I'm, I'm happy to report I've never saw another one after the first (laughs) one. I was like, I'm done. I'm good. I'm out. Um, but kudos to her and, and Rob Pattinson because, like, they've actually crafted themselves yeah. really interesting careers. Incredibly. Like, I mean, I think the, the best thing for both of them is neither one of them needs the money. Both of them are interested in doing interesting stuff yeah. and, and they're running with it. They're like, I, I don't need, 
you know, I'm, I'm interested in the craft of this. I'm interested in telling interesting stories. And because I'm not worried about living a high life, I can, you know, take a low paychecks and work with smaller directors and work on small projects. Um, I loved the heck out of that movie. So yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. Well, next time we sit and talk, well, I'll be curious to know <laughs> what you think of that one. Um, did you see Clouds of Sills Maria? Yes. Okay. And you dug yeah. that one, obviously. Yeah. Did you see Ghost Story? No, I you, haven't seen it. Okay. Because really it really makes, like it makes a pretty interesting pairing. So yeah. later on, like when it when that starts making the rounds, I'd say go see Ghost Story as well. But yeah, we'll have to talk personal shopper when you see that because oh my god, that movie. Um, <laughs> all right, that's more about Hillary Butler. There's gonna be like a little personal shopper catch up when, uh, when we meet up for Twit yeah, for yeah. Tim. I'm gonna be like, so what'd you think? Um, we're gonna move on to the new slang for this episode. It's Wind River coming right up after this. Winter is passing. Wonder what's to come And when I return again How will you be? Wind River is written and directed by Tyler Sheridan. It stars Elizabeth Olsen, Jeremy Renner, Graham Greene, and John Bernthal. It introduces us to Corey Lambert. That's Jeremy Renner's character. He's a hunter and tracker for the U.S. Fish and Game. Uh, while on patrol across the Wind River Reservation, he comes across a young woman's dead body and suspects foul play. The call for help brings in FBI agent Jane Banner to the fray. That's Elizabeth Olsen. She determines that the body was results of homicide, but sees how the case runs the risk of being one more unsolved murder of a woman on a native reservation. But to prevent that, she turns to Corey to do what he does best, to hunt a predator and potentially bring it down. So to take people behind the scenes of life as a podcaster, last Sunday afternoon, I got a text from Miss Butler, little wasp icon came up. I, I assigned all of my friends comic book characters for oh. their instead of pictures for their I'm for the their wasp. You're, you're wasp like you're, you're, you are um I'll take it yeah you are Lily. that's right yeah um so wasp came up on my phone's led and said well that was a heavy movie so pop quiz hot shot to jump right into the fray yeah why so sad why why so what, what was what, do you know what the whole thing like so at the very end, they put up those words about the number of Native American women that are missing. Mm-hmm. I guess that we just know we're missing, but that they don't have any statistics on this population. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of, and then it's just fade to black, like that's it. And you're just like, oh, like it brought to light this whole different aspect that I guess had been kind of subtly like touched upon in the movie, but it wasn't like all in your face about it. Right. Um, and it, yeah, it just leaves you feeling with that heavy heart. It, it does. I mean, it's, it's you know, we're, we're not going to get too far into spoilers on this show um, in terms of what actually happens with this case, but it, it is a case that while, you know, it, while it's a, a very glossy, fictionalized version, it is very, very real in terms of certain certain elements of North American life, both north and south of the border, there is a huge problem with with disappearance slash presumed killing of Aboriginal women and 
it's it's all in there as it goes along, yeah. right? Like it's it, it comes up over and over and over, just kind of touched upon and then move on and touched upon and move on. And then they remind you at the end, hey, by the way, this thing that we just told you, it happens yeah, a lot. Right? And and then yeah, see ya, directed by Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I found I found was very daunting, I guess. Not not that the whole movie doesn't have a bit of a dark, you know, feel to it, but you know, that reminder that at the beginning they tell you like it's influenced by true events but you kind of lose that part of the way through so i think it was it was good they had that reminder at the end but yeah um i i it's it's crazy too because this was a film that actually kind of ran the risk of uh slipping between the cracks for me it was a movie like it it came out three or four weeks ago um one of these august movies that tends to kind of or late july movies that kind of tends to get missed when we're talking about you know, Spider-Man and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's and, and it's funny because this this just this past week there was a report how this was one of the lowest summers and in, uh, in terms of attendance in a while, which I found really really sad because there was a lot of stuff that came out in July and August that I thought was just like awesome and I wish more people would see it. But I guess if I guess what I'm saying is if even I couldn't get my butt to see Wind River <laughs> without the you know I'm hanging a podcast on it, yeah. <laughs> you know how much should I really bother somebody in like Sault Ste. Marie who didn't go see who didn't go see a little movie like this? Um, so I, I like, like one commercial for it. I know. I, I, yeah, it. Like the yeah. Marketing was yeah. I think I saw now. one trailer at Lightbox. Yeah. You know, which didn't even show it. That's that's a crazy thing too. Uh, so I, I take it you liked this movie. I did. Okay. I liked it a lot. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um, I think it would be a shame if Jeremy Renner's name isn't mentioned come Oscar time, mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. um, cause I think he's done his best role since probably Kurt Locker. He's so, you know, it's funny. He actually, he was where I was going to start this whole conversation with. So, uh, Corey in this movie, Jeremy Renner's character, he does a lot with a little, like, and it kind of seems to be Jeremy Renner's MO as he's, he... <laughs> He's almost he's almost not acting. Yeah. You know, like his <laughs> his whole shtick seems to be just kinda look there with his he's he's got eyes that are huge too. Yeah. Just kinda like be very reserved and very quiet. He never really raises his voice no. and be that strong silent type now i guess th- th- that's my question there was one scene that did it for me though which one the one where he's talking to martin about loss yeah so he's and talking you don't really know what's going on there yet either no, we're, we're, when he's talking to the, the the father of the slain girl, right? Yeah, there he he's you don't. There's this thing going on where where Corey, the first time we see him, he's talking to his ex-wife. Like he just knocks on the door to pick up his son, and and he's talking to her, and you can't really understand what their deal is. You don't even really understand that they're separated at first until the kid comes like bounding down the stairs, um, and and yeah, that that conversation when he's talking about loss is really heavy and he he sells it really well like you can see even when he's in the middle of that conversation he's kind of he's about ready to cry yeah um that see that see that's where he's actually acting you know that's yeah um so so you think that he's deliberately underplaying this role well, but I think like his his character is a very simple character who has gone through his own trauma in life He's not a complex man. He, he, he 
shoots deer, he shoots wolves, he shoots predators that are, you know, hunting livestock. Um, that's his life. I don't find that he needed to play it with a lot of complexity. He just needed to play it with a little bit of pain in the background. And I think he did that well. Well, and like, and a lot of, like, there's a lot of strength to him, right? Because he's, he's obviously seen some shit. Mm-hmm. And he just, he kind of wears all that very quietly. It's, it's, it's funny because Renner, he's kind of built this little career over the last like seven or eight years now of, as I said, like playing very similar guys. Like we talked about Hurt Locker earlier. We mentioned Hurt Locker. He's playing a similar kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not as quite as a smart ass as, 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 <laughs> as Private James is. But um, yeah, Renner's incredible. This movie, the other thing it does is it uses the landscape really, really well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it's got to be hard to shoot a white landscape well. Oh my god! Like it's you know you you like it. it hurts. Sometimes it hurts to look at this movie, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so bright. But I mean, they talk about how this area of the country sometimes you have to drive fifty miles to get five because yeah. that five miles is is completely impassable. Yeah. And just how isolated you are, how dangerous this is, how treacherous it is. Jane shows up and she's wearing a thin little jacket and she's wearing heels. heels. Yeah, you know, (laughs) and and it's like, no, you are out here. That is not going to work. Well, Um, they say like one of the, my favorite quotes from the movie was like, either here you either survive or you surrender. mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So, and that's exactly what that whole landscape really drove home. Yeah. You know, it's. It, it's not it's not a part of the country that's used very like it's not a part of America that's used very much in film yeah what else was shot in Wyoming <sighs> I mean <laughs> quick name one <laughs> it's it's funny because like I, one of the movies that this reminded me of from this year was Certain Women mm-hmm. also with Kristen Stewart but that movie's in Montana mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's same, same sort of thing like it's you know those those flyover states and I don't mean that as an insult to the people who live in Wyoming or Montana um but it's it's crazy because we live a you know we live a very cushy little life here in our yeah, in our city in absolutely. our condos, and I credit movies like this for really underlining that choice: survive or surrender. Yeah. In a, on an area like the Wind River Reservation, um, you know, not to give away anything, but late in the movie, it starts to move up into the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Corey says, even on the hottest day in August, there still be several feet of snow. Yeah. You know, you you for you. We totally take this kind of area for granted, um, and this movie uses that to its advantage. And the, the isolation that they felt, and especially in the way that it was shot, where they were often the only maybe snowmobile on screen, or he was the only person on screen, um, and nothing for miles around. Yeah. And the circumstance of the first girl's death actually um, also drives that home. Like the, the the opening scene of the movie yeah. when we see her running Just full running. tilt. At night in the snow, like that is an incredible shot. Yeah. To start this movie with this overlay of this beautifully written poem mm-hmm. that becomes very significant later. Yeah, um, I was also thinking about the way that tracks remain mm. for days, yes. days and days. Like, could you can you, like again our cushy little city life yeah. here? I cannot fathom. You can't leave a footprint in the snow. No, it's, no, it's gone. And yeah, and, and you know, your your presence will remain there for a long time. It's like, yeah, you were here, but now you're... Unless there's a giant blizzard, which they also deal with. It's yeah. like crazy effect in the movie. Yeah, yeah. They, they got to they <laughs> deal with insane. that too. Oh, it's amazing. We think we have snow. We don't have any idea. No, no. <laughs> um, one thing I was worried about with this movie, though, as I thought back on it, um, do you think 
in your opinion, does Jane get kind of sidelined in this movie, even though that she's the lead investigator for the FBI? Does she ever kind of get shoved over into the shotgun seat? Yes, she does. But I think there's reason for that. And it's because she has to use Corey to get the respect of the people on the reservation to do her job. There's something else at work there that pushes her to the sidelines. Right. But I just worry about the actual storytelling here in terms... So, like, I, I get that she can't always be front and center because Corey needs to basically take her through this, you know, as we were just saying, this environment that she knows nothing about. But at the same time, there's all these moments that have nothing to do with that that I feel like we could have kind of come back to her in the movie. I don't know that it does. Yeah, I mean, it goes with, I mean, uh, Sheridan also wrote Sicario. Mm -hmm. So you've got the Emily Blunt FBI character as well that you could maybe draw some parallels with of just the only female in like a man's world well and what does that mean the you know the classic or essential that you haven't seen silence of the lambs it's it's very much no but it's, it's very much it all comes back to silence of the lambs it's very much the opposite of that like it it, it has a, a few parallels in that mm-hmm. they're investigating a murder of a young girl and that a, a younger female fbi agent is in the lead but that movie i feel like it comes back to clarice often enough i know you've read the book so you know yep. the, the story um, this movie, there were long stretches where I felt like Jane just kind of got elbowed out of the way. Yeah, I would have liked to, well, I mean, I like Elizabeth Olsen as an actress yeah. as well, so I would have liked to have seen more from her just from that standpoint, Yeah, I know there's a lot that she can do. Yeah. Um, at the same time, she had the most tense scenes in the movie were hers. So she was on screen where it mattered. Yeah, well, I mean, and we're not really going to touch on it too much, but especially in the late going, mm-hmm. she's really, she's really, she's really, really up there. The one scene that we will touch on in the late going where she's really kind of interesting is when the investigation goes to this, um, it goes to a drilling site, and we meet all of these drill, all of these geologists and mm-hmm. very, very broish guys with their, you know, with their big black jackets and their. Yeah. Lots and lots of guns. She is <laughs> so the, many guns. So many guns. Why she is the one. So many guns? <laughs> she is the one who takes charge of that scene and turns it, you know, away from becoming a complete shit show, really quickly and really professionally. And and mm-hmm. that's the moment where you're like, you are the smallest person in this standoff yeah. by a long shot, and you were the one who was commanding all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually stood up and was brave and just did it i really liked her in, in the role i think it was interesting casting because i'm like oh she's so she does look really young and you're like well how believable is that but then that's part of it it's like i mean part of it too it's it's kind of funny like we're now you know kind of around the same time as jeremy runner we're, we're a good seven or eight years into the career of elizabeth olsen and even though she's playing a young character with Scarlet Witch. She's not really all that young. Mm-hmm. Um, she's younger than Emily Blunt and Sicario for sure. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things where I think because the really talented actress is playing this character, that's why I wanted a little bit more for her to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, that, that's one of those things where I was when I thought back on the movie, I was like, eh, I could have could have done with a little bit could've more. Done Jane. A little, yeah, done with a little bit more. Um, I've been talking a lot. Was there something about this movie that really jumped out at you that you wanted to... You got notes, you said? I did, I did have notes, but they were more from, like, again, just touching on, on the cinematography of the movie and how brilliantly done that was, because I don't think that you can shoot crazy white scenery like that and have it look as magnificent as it does. Well, it's... Um, the, the thing that's awesome about the way that it looks is... 
it really steps back an awful lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like several times it backs up and, sh- and gives us a complete 180 of, of the landscape that mm-hmm. we're on. And that's tricky because a lot of times it's like, okay, so wait, we're just looking at the mountains. Oh wait, there they are. Yeah. You know, and it really, there's it, not a ton of close-ups in this movie. No, no, it, it likes to play things back. He does that a lot actually. Cause, um, another movie that we'll probably touch on a little bit later, um, Heller High Water mm-hmm. did that with a different area of America, but same sort of thing, like really backed up and showed the landscape, mm-hmm. um, which I feel, you know, that, that, that's part of the advantage of shooting on locations, right? Instead of instead of the yeah. like all the special effects movies Absolutely. that shoot in front of the green screens. And just part of, again, kind of driving home the isolation factor. And we mentioned this before. This is a story... I feel like it comes from a place and a community and just um, a way of life that we don't get enough stories from. Regardless of genre, there's a lot of stories set in the big city and there's a lot of stories that are set, you know, in pretty people living in condos. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of stories to be told about this, like more of this lifestyle and this way of life. Yeah. And at the same time, it's kind of, it still draws that it's almost like a Western, right? Like In some that, ways. Yeah. Um, which isn't my favorite genre to watch, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, why not? Uh, I don't know why. I just have never been a big, like... You know, I guess when I was little, my dad always tried to me watch, like, John Wayne movies and stuff, and they just never... Never, never took? No. No. Um, so it, it's just not my favorite genre to watch. But I think, especially with this new kind of general recognition of aboriginal native american um, issues i think you're going to see a lot more stories coming out i hope so and i mean like there was a few stories i read this year few stories there was a few books i read this year about um life in those parts of north america like away from the main cities away from cosmopolitan living where a lot of the industry has gone where sometimes industry has gone a long time ago where these you know that where where people are kind of hurting you know and life is either much, there's there's a little bit less offered um, but it doesn't mean that there's not stories because there's stories sometimes that go yep. back pretty far and um and I, I i want more of them because i feel like if we understand these people better maybe we would empathize yeah, well, and maybe Tyler Sheridan's the person to do it because I mean, Hell or High Water was again when, in one of those areas that was that's depressed, and mm-hmm. um, you know he seems to have a, a keen eye just for picking out stories from those areas. Yeah, so I, I think like this definitely is a. I mean, this was his directorial debut, but he's written some pretty amazing stories so far. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to see where he's going to go with it. I yeah, and and these are these are the stories. Like, you know, I I know a lot of people hated it, but I liked. For instance, last year, one of the movies that I really, really loved was American Honey. Mm-hmm. And same sort of thing of this middle America, kind of, you know, pretty poor kids and how they live and what they do and how they get by. Um, there, there's, it, it's, there's a lot of stories to be told there. And as time goes on, I think those stories are actually going to get more and more complex. Well, I mean, do you think that we don't maybe watch them as much because they're just harder to watch? Wow. So getting them made then becomes... Different. I mean, yeah, like, we are talking about a movie that made very, very little money in comparison, but I, I mean, I still want them to get made. Even if they don't make a lot of money, I still want to see movies like 
Hell or High Water or American Honey or, you know, like those kind of smaller or, or you know, Absolutely. mud, I mean, even for like instance. Moonlight, I mean, they're... Yeah, Mo- yeah like, Moonlight, yeah, exactly. Just, moonlight is a kind of story that wouldn't have been told even five years ago. Absolutely. Right? No, I, I, I want these. And, I, you know, from these years, certain women is another one that, that I want to learn more about these people because... It's not my life. You know, I, 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 I've seen me as a city-dwelling, <laughs> almost 40 white male yeah. on screen over and over and over and over. I, I've had enough of me. You know, there's, there's plenty of me throughout the ages. There's a lot of other people whose stories I want to hear. And this is, this is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one other thing I really dug about this movie um, that I wanted to mention before we, we move on is... A lot of the characters have a quiet way between them mm-hmm. that suggests that there's a lot of history mm-hmm. between them. Um, you know, the, when we when we get Jane into the fray, one of the first places she goes is to um, the was it the brother's house? She goes. Um, yeah, it's not to Martin's house, is it? No. It, but yeah, no. But it's, like, it, like it she, is. she, it's, it's I think the wife's mother she goes to she goes to <laughs> where the where where the where the woman was found there's one yep. residence that's within like walking distance yep. and they're like well we better start there because they're they've they've got they've got it's bad news go. for a long yeah. ass time and kind of like what you were saying before how Corey has this way of talking that he knows and the chief played by Graham Greene has a way of talking that he knows mm-hmm. and the guys have a bit of an anger to them that they know. Yep. There's always it's all under the surface. Yeah, there's all this real shorthand that alludes to long-running history. Well, and I mean even the say like he, he never makes it in in your face, but like there's even a little and I don't know if if you saw it when they go into Wind River, the actual reservation, there's not to get political, an upside down American flag yeah. flying. Yeah. Um, and so it's little things like that that kind of just give this movie a little bit of background without getting into it. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of subtext and little yeah. things like that. Uh, there's some graffiti in the boys' house, isn't it, too, isn't there? Like yes. they've spray painted the shit out of the walls. Yes. And there's something said, and I can't remember what it was. But it it, is, but I remember like trying to read it as they were like running through this. Yeah, there's something specific written that it's unfortunately it's escaping me. If anybody saw this movie and they remember what was written, please leave a comment. You're probably shouting right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You guys. Yeah. You know when when Corey's talking to his wife and he's like, "Oh, when you're driving, make sure you go this way. Don't cut through this town." And she Mm -hmm. says, "I want nothing to do with that town." You know, same sort of thing. Like you get the impression that this story is built on a lot of history. Yeah. Oh man! No, I mean, I, you eventually find out why she doesn't want to go to that town, but uh, it's yeah, it, it was it was well done because there was tension built there, but you didn't know why it was even tense. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything else about this movie that really, really jumped? Like, it's it's funny because we're we're both really all over this movie of. of I guess we we kind of want people to really track it down. It's it's yeah, not gonna it's, it's uh, not gonna make itself known to you. You're gonna have to go looking for it, but it's well worth the search. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Was there anything else that jumped out about it? 
I didn't like the hunting scenes, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> well, I, mean, you know, I was going to say, if you are... It's pretty graphic at the very beginning. It's, it's uh, like the first shot of the movie, like, too. Yeah, the, the second one after okay. you see the... See, girl. there I feel bad for you, because I sent oh you to watch this movie. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you're looking at this, you know, cute little wolf cub. Yeah. Uh, no, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you surprised that the mountain lions actually make it out of the movie alive? I wasn't going to spoil that for everybody, but, you know, that was actually a big worry for me. You, you were waiting for one of them to go, if not all three? I thought that one of them was going to have a play later on in the film, but that didn't happen. I, I was surprised. I kind of <laughs> thought that was going to be like Chekhov's mountain lion. Yeah, you know, if you talk exactly. about the mountain lion in the first act, yep. it must show in the yeah, third. Yep. No, it, but I was happy about that. Yeah. Um, can I say the snowmobiling scenes are bloody amazing? And I, again, don't know how they shot those. No. Probably. No, I didn't get like one shot at those because then the tracks in the snow and how do you erase it? Yep, yeah, yeah, where where your tracks stay for days. Exactly. Oh no, it's 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 incredible and it's not little. You know, a lot of times what movies will do nowadays is they'll like GoPro that stuff. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. This was actual like really clean footage. Yep. So when did Hell or High Water come out last year? Last July, around the same time. Right. So I mean, here was this film that was like little dark horse Oscar movie and I have a feeling you're going to see this movie do the same thing. I really, really hope so. This is a movie, along with the fact that it's got you know, more Native American actors in one movie than I think we see in an entire year's Year's worth. Absolutely. um, That really, like you said, it really deals with a very, very um, both in Canada and in the States, a really, really pressing issue. Yep. Um, that I really hope it, it, it gets some Oscar attention because, I mean, Oscar nominations aren't quite doing for movies what they used to do. Like, people still aren't exactly chasing them down. Um, but I hope it just gets that little bit of extra attention because it's mm-hmm. really, really well worth it. Um, we end every review here on the Matinee Cast with a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you would, if you could, <laughs> you would take away from this movie. Hillary Butler, what would be your souvenir? I want Jeremy Renner's snowsuit. I really do. It looks super warm, and as Game of Thrones has taught us, winter is coming, and I need it. I mean, winter was coming today, man. I could use that snowsuit when I was just sitting at the coffee shop and they had the windows open. It pulls over it's your this clothes. awesome, like, white, like, suit. It's, yeah. it's got a hood. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It, I, that I looks like that, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, my souvenir is actually also from Jeremy Renner. I want, and, and I don't even shoot, but I want a handmade bullet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those were so cool. He's, like, like, he's sitting there at his little workbench making Absolutely. bullets. Like, so, so first of all, like, I, like, who does that? I mean, again, this is my city slicker yeah. ignorance coming up. I'm like, you can do that? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I didn't know this was possible. I just yeah. thought he went to, well, He's I guess sitting there hand-making rounds for his rifle. I want, and I, I want one. I don't want to shoot it. Yeah. I don't really have any interest in gun, but that. I'm like... That's a good souvenir. Yeah. Good call. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we rate here on the Matinee Cast on a scale of one four stars. What is your rating of Taylor Sheridan's Wind River? Three and a half. Three and a half? Well, so where did it lose that little... Was it the animals? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I went to go with... I went with my dad to go see this movie, actually, and his big comment was, as it always is when there's not major shootouts through the movie. Sorry, Dad, because I know you're going to listen to this, but it's true. <laughs> if there's no action, he loses interest, and he's like, it's a bit slow in parts. So I'm going to I'm gonna say, okay, there was a couple moments where it maybe was a little bit draggy. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it three and a half as well. There were just, there was a few, this is the kind of movie, that, this might sound like a crazy critique, but I feel like this needed to be a... Um, 
No Country for Old Men, no soundtrack movie. Like, mm. we were talking about how vast and imposing mm-hmm. this this area is. I just want to hear the quiet Wind River. I don't want to yeah. hear the little flourishes of score. Yep. That that was my only little drawback. Otherwise, this is an incredible movie that I really hope people catch up to. Interesting. Not that it wasn't interesting, but... Yeah, yeah, that would have added another layer to a it. A bit. Kind of hey, weird. maybe we're wrong. Maybe you're the person who thinks that this movie is bad. Maybe you're like Hillary's dad and you think, not enough action. <laughs> Let me know. Ryan at the matinee.ca. Twitter, where I'm matinee underscore CA or Facebook.com slash dark matinee. What do you think of Taylor Sheridan's Wind River? We're going to take a quick break and come right back with a few different movies that you can watch on the other side right after this. We're back. She's Hillary. I'm Ryan. It's Matt Cast 184. <laughs> and Lola. And Lola. 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 Yeah, Lola, you've been so, so quiet. Behind. You're so quiet. <laughs> there you go. Um, we've been talking about Taylor Sheridan's Wind River, and um, we're not going to do the full other side where we each pick a movie and go at length. We're just going to kind of play it haphazardly so we can post a podcast and get on with our film festival. Um, What were some of the movies that you think that people would uh, be well served to do as further reading um, if they came away from Wind River? Um, Well, one I'm actually interested in that's actually coming out, so I can't recommend it yet because I don't know. Why not? Um, That's going to have kind of similar themes, I guess. It's going to be Woman Walks Ahead with Jessica Chastain. Um, And that's coming out at TIFF. Oh, that's right, too. Yep, and basically is the story of this woman who goes to paint a portrait of Sitting Bull um, and becomes involved in their land struggle. So I think that's going to be another film, at least, that will, again, draw some attention. I really hope so. That was one I was going to check out. I just kind of bailed at the last minute (laughs) from it. Um, That is directed by Susanna White Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And Chastain lately has been a really vocal and ardent supporter Mm -hmm. of of women in film. She did like, uh, there was the Zookeeper's Wife earlier this Mm -hmm. year that was uh, directed by a woman as well. Um, But yeah, like you were saying, same sort of... uh, Different time, obviously, yes. but but very similar setting um, that we're both looking forward to. That would be a good. That would be really a double feature, actually. I think mm-hmm. if, if there's somebody who's programming a rep cinema, they'd be they could do far worse than um, than Wind River and Woman Walks Ahead. Um, you know, we've mentioned it a few times already on this show, so I might as well kind of get right back there. Yeah, uh, Hell or High Water, Hell or High Water. Yeah. is certainly a movie. Um, and there's a lot of parallels. There are e- even with the the last. Kind of shooting shootouts. Well, I mean, <laughs> so you know, it, it, it's this is a Wind River. We mentioned a few times. It is a violent movie at times, and Sheridan is the kind of guy in Sicario, in Wind River, in Helen High Water that makes his bullets count. I kind of feel like in this age of um, Skyfall and Marvel movies, and you know, a, a new era of Star Wars movies that gunfire isn't respected and the violence of gunfire isn't respected. Um, it was one of those things that I always liked Michael Mann movies for is the, you know, the bullets in his movies, you feel their impact. And mm-hmm. 
similar. You know, yeah. these two movies, Hell or High Water and Wind River, anytime a gun is fired, certainly anytime a bullet lands. Yeah. Something you, happens. Yeah, well not something <laughs> happens, but like, you know, you you have a you have a visceral reaction yeah. to to the violence in these movies. And yeah, kind of really quickly, he put together this incredible career um, where he's put together like all of these movies he, and he's got a movie coming out next year you know that, that he wrote um and again yeah, he writes these things so fast <laughs> I have, I, unless he's just unless he's had a whole bunch of them like the one oh maybe ne- oh because you know what it is next year is the um, sequel to sicario it's called soldado and it's oh. with brolin again and benicio del toro again oh. yeah so but but hell or high water is one of those movies that if a person loves wind river i'd say move on to that like immediately yep walk don't run uh what there's a- still parallels to sicario too so i mean you, um there's tension you mentioned when they go to the the drug house in wind river mm-hmm. well at the beginning of sicario he builds that same tension like i yeah. remember seeing sicario not letting go of the like the seat rest the seat. yeah <laughs> the whole time yeah <laughs> um and wind river wasn't like that but that scene was like that yeah um, i felt like you could have just transported emily blunt in there and it would have matched up actually you know what i think if emily blunt had been in this movie it might have jane might have had a little bit more presence you think i blunt is a bit of a tougher actor than elizabeth olsen is maybe it's, it might just be stature i'm not sure yeah. but emily blunt i feel a little bit more of the kick-ass nature to her. True, but I don't think Elizabeth Olsen's character was meant to come in and kick-ass. She That's was true, meant too. to be this, like, well, I've just come from gun training in Las <laughs> Vegas, and, like, you know, I have a cushy life, and right. I'm just... Do you, do you have a really spare jet snowsuit I can use? Yeah. Um, uh. You know, can, uh, what do you mean I can't wear heels on the snow? <laughs> um, you know, kind of attitude. Um, which she quickly loses, by the way. She's not an annoying character. No, no. Um, I make her sound very petty. But, um... Yeah, I think there's definite parallels to both the movies, so I'll be interested. I mean, obviously, there's going to be parallels in the Sicario sequel, <laughs> but I'll be interested in his next original as to like ha- like what things he draws upon because mm-hmm. he clearly has similar themes and even sometimes similar scenes written within his yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't become too repetitive, I guess. Were there other movies that you uh, you thought of? Um, I think like if you want to see Elizabeth Olsen, you have to see uh, Martha Marcy May Marley. That was which one I of always mine. Mess up the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell people about that because I feel like that's a movie that people may or may not have heard of because well, it kind of came and went a few years ago. It did, and I it, it was fleeting, and I don't remember why I went to go see it. I think it was because I was interested in her. I'd heard so much about her as an act, like in this role mm-hmm. where she basically escapes from a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just incredible in it. It was... I'm not sure. I think it was her breakout yeah. performance. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like 2011, yeah. thereabouts. It was, it was the first time it... it Otherwise, was like, she was just the other Olsen sister. It's like, it's like wait, there's another one and <laughs> yeah, she's got exactly. talent. Um, again, again in, a, in a part of the country that we don't tell yep. stories from. Um, a really well-crafted story that's mm-hmm. the one that goes back and forth between like the cush- the cushy life at the cottage yeah after she's got away from the when cult escaped yeah yeah and then her time with them yeah it's oh yeah that, that was going to be one of the ones that i was going to recommend as well yeah. um it's a good one it's so good and and it's another one that i, I feel like not nearly enough people saw Sean Durkin. What else did you do, Mr. Durkin? No, it's really that's that's like his what? only movie. Why? I 
do, you should do more. I know. Sean Durkin, if you ever find this podcast, yeah, please. Sean, we, we want more. <laughs> we want more from you, man. Um, you know, that's that's one of these ones that it's when it's shot out in the woods, it's really really dim. Like you get an yes. idea of just how remote. These areas are how... Yeah, geez, we're going back to isolation sort of things, aren't we? (laughs) How isolation gets into your head. And she was psychologically isolated in the as well. Yeah, no, that's a a really, really good one. Um, A a good little um, segue from that is another movie that I thought of. I'm going to say Winter's Bone, and I was just going to say, like, when did Jennifer Lawrence break out? I'm pretty sure Winter's Bone. Yeah, Winter's Bone. Um, I was thinking of it in relate... Well, first of all, I was thinking of it in relation to the area of the country where mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of stories yep. again there's isolation again there's long history mm-hmm. um john hawks is the connection between the two movies he's the cult leader martha marcy may marlene and he's the really creepy badass mm-hmm. in winter's bone yep. and yeah it's a great movie too it's an incredible movie um by dipper granick who's another director who's kind of overdue um, for another movie, that one takes place all in like the Ozarks, mm-hmm. um, all amongst. Ozarks are getting a lot of attention lately. <laughs> rightfully so, again, rightfully so though. I've had enough. With the Ozarks and now True Detective three is going to be shot. In That's Ozarks. great. Yeah. I will. I will happily take that. It's another. You know, you, you feel the isolation. You feel um, the history of these movies, um, of these stories, the depth and complexity that goes. It's not like. You know, you can't tell these characters, hey guys, just chill out and talk your differences out. It's like, no, there, there's yeah. deep, deep grudges that go back yeah. generations with Where these the families. location almost becomes a character in itself, yeah. right? Like, it's it, it's one of those things where that's not going to happen necessarily in the suburbs of Toronto or no. <laughs> New York no. City or something like that. It's it's something that's of that place. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, really, if you just want to see Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, you can just watch, you know, the Avengers. Yeah, I was gonna together. say, like, you could, you know, you could watch that whole scene where he's like, you know, the city's flying and I have a bow and yeah. arrow. <laughs> but I just want to see Jeremy Renner do more, do less Hawkeye, or like, I'd be okay if he wanted to do a Hawkeye standalone movie. But like, he he excels at these roles, and I just want to see him do more of them. I feel like it's kind of funny because I mean, on the surface, Hawkeye is like the most useless Avenger. He, yeah. And and I and I feel like he knows this. He's got this. a backstory. He's like, and it might be really interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because before we rolled, I was just finishing watching the Defenders, and I do kind of oh, want yeah. a Hawkeye TV show. <laughs> I don't feel like Hawkeye would work as a film, but I feel, and and he is actually going to be in um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, didn't he, know that. Yeah, he'll be in that one. But I, I no, Hawkeye Maybe does not need his useless. own movie. Maybe but it'll I, be like Black Widow when she comes into Captain America. It's going to be a lot like that. Yeah. 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 And that comes into her own. Yeah, that's that's why he's not doing the next Mission Impossible movie. He's like, I'm doing I'm doing Ant Man. Sorry, guys. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like Jeremy Renner gets it. Yeah. You know. I don't think he cares. No. It's just like you know. The, he get to shoot arrows like he seems pretty happy yeah you know and he gets to do movies like this yeah yeah and you know, he goes collects his marble money and then he does a movie like this for 10 bucks yeah exactly. or whatever he gets and these are far more interesting uh, yeah yeah nice interesting. um hey you know i think the point is that all these movies are out there and they're about really interesting stories and interesting people and interesting places that you may or may not go to or mm-hmm. hey listen this these you know these may be if you're listening in parts of North America that I obviously do not live in, this might be your life and your story, and you get to see yourself on screen. And I'm I'm here to say that these are far more interesting 
than yeah. a lot of what we get to see. Summer is not all about the blockbusters. No, and, no. I, and I think that trend is really coming that, you know, July, August, you sometimes get these little movies in there. They yeah. shouldn't be ignored. Yeah, and, I'm, and then the crazy thing is I didn't even get to keep up. Like, there, I could go this weekend. Yeah. I could yeah. go, like, day and night and see a whole bunch of stuff. And it would, none of the movies would be something that made even like $50 million at the box office yeah. and they'd all be totally worth it. It's interesting that all these little films are kind of skipping the festivals. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised at that too. But, you know, I, I guess they're, you know, maybe they played some of the springtime ones. Because, I mean, Wind River did play Cannes. It actually did really well mm. at Cannes. So I'm kind of surprised it didn't get a bigger rollout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't push this into the fall. Yeah. Because I feel like it could have done well. But, yeah. uh, Said Hello High Water still yeah. did really well come awards season. So That's, true. That's I, true. I think the days of having to release in November, December to get awards attention isn't necessarily true anymore. No, no, absolutely not. Well, that is episode 184 of the Matinee Cast. I'd like to thank Hillary Butler for joining me today. Come on back uh, sometime after TIFF for episode It'll 185, one, oh, 185. <laughs> of the Matinee oh, Cast. I am not sure what we'll be talking about after TIFF. There's um, there's always stuff in September to talk about. Maybe we'll <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll talk about my TIFF hangover. Maybe we'll reach back to the beginning of September and talk about it. I don't um, know. No. no, you're not doing. Uh, no. You're not doing it. No, did you see they put all those little yes, things on the table? Yes, they put the kids with the balloons. Yeah, man. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk about it, or maybe we'll talk about something altogether different. Um, hey, I'm open to suggestions. If you got something that you want me to talk about on episode 185, let me know. Um, Hillary is writing at liveforfilms.com. I guess people can look for your TIFF coverage. Yep, I'll be there. I'll probably be tweeting um, at Live for Films on at Live for Films on Twitter. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, my the site. Hashtags. Yeah, I was gonna say hashtag look, TIFF17. TIFF17. My site is thematinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can also find them on Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, or Apple's podcast app. Where's the dog? I don't know. She's wandering. Um, She's too quiet. Everything, She's like a ninja. I was going to say, now I'm worried. It's, it's when I lose sight of her that I worry. All, everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Feedback on Wind River or any of the movies we talked about today can be left in the comments section of the site. You can email Ryan at thematinee.ca, Twitter, Ryan Matinee underscore CA, or Facebook.com slash Dark Matinee. Any final thoughts besides where's the dog? Um, oh, there she is. No, I'm just super excited for Tiff. And yeah. We will, as, as I said, you know, like it's, it's all about Unicorn Store. It's all about, yeah. uh, what's the, what's the one about, about the Wonder Woman? What's it called? Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman. You know, yeah, way too many movies that we're way too excited about. And, and, and you've got, and did you get both your Matt Damon movies? Uh, no. Suburbicon was a no-go. Off sale by the time I even checked. But downsizing. Super You're all excited. Nice. The stuff Walt, Kristen Wiig in that one too. Yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah. For Hillary, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at TIFF and at the matinee.